Said she liked my vibe and she liked my wave. I've been heating up like a microwave. I can't be with you, got no time to stay. Sipping evil juice, take my mind away. Said she liked my vibe and she liked my wave. I've been heating up like a Hello, and welcome back to the No Names, No Numbers podcast. I'm your host, Pat LaBelle, and we have a very, very special guest today, the one and only, the Mr. David Noon. David, wave hello to everybody. Thank you for having me, Pat. I'm very happy to be here. And I'm totally happy to have you on, too. Um, So yeah, today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. First uh, FaceTime interview ever. It's kind of hard not having someone in studio, but... We'll make it through. Got to do what you got to do. I'm in recovery right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's actually going to segue perfectly into kind of what we want to talk about a little bit today. So, David, I understand you've had a crazy week, uh, <laughs> to, to say the least. That is definitely an understatement. Uh, crazy week is uh, hard. Yeah. What's, crazy week is a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> what Can you just tell everybody like what this week's been like for you and kind of what happened and what's been the fallout and everything? Yeah, so uh, let's start it off Sunday. I uh, went into work, uh, normal day. I work at a doctor's office. And uh, when I was there, my uh, chest started hurting. I had some shoulder pains. And then I stood up, felt like I was kind of having some shortness of breath and uh, this really, really sharp pain in my chest. So all the patients that were in the office ran, grabbed some water, tried to get me, got the nurse out, and uh, she checked me out. Uh, they ended up calling an ambulance, taking me to Mass General, and it turned out that I had a what is called a spontaneous pneumothorax, which basically means that my lung uh, had an air leak and it forced my lung to collapse. So the air was in between my chest wall and my lung, pushing it down. So what they had to do was do an emergency chest tube, which is where they thread a tube kind of into your chest wall and through the muscle to kind of pull that air out of there and, and reinflate the lung. So I was in Mass General from Sunday to Wednesday with the chest tube in, and on, that was on suction, and then they took it off suction. I was doing x-rays all day. It was, it was a long week for sure. Yeah, and you know when that first happened, and this is the thing that I, we talked about a little bit the other day, d- did you know right away, like, oh, this isn't just like a, it, something went down the wrong tube. This is like actually something that could be a little bit serious. So at the what was your first I, reaction? Yeah, for, at at the beginning, I really didn't think it was that serious. I just thought, I I don't know what I was thinking honestly, because now looking back at it, I thought that I was like it it didn't have anything to do with my vaping habits or my smoking habits. Mm. But the doctor said that was absolutely not the case. And <laughs> but um, a little background on my vaping and smoking habits: I started vaping in 2016, and. Uh, I started smoking around the same time, not cigarettes, but uh, marijuana, medical marijuana. Yeah, and uh, for the they, devil. Uh, yeah, they um, they attributed it to the smoking, the vaping, and my asthma. But my asthma had never really been a problem in the past, so I'm kind of thinking that they're attributing it more to the smoking and the vaping. Yeah, and, and it was funny. You said the other day, you're like, well, you know, they can't necessarily pinpoint it on that, but it definitely couldn't help. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so going forward in terms of, of the vaping and the smoking and all that, is your mindset like, all right, let's just cut it out cold, cold turkey here, should wean off, or what's, what's your thinking? I, have, um, I haven't had nicotine since it's happened, so there's been no, since the Sunday that it happened, I haven't had anything. 
Um, and I, yeah, I'm pretty much going cold turkey without it. No more, yeah. nothing in my lungs <laughs> at all, pretty much, except for my inhaler that I got to do every six <laughs> hours now because of this. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely until the doctor does the checkup in two weeks, I I can't really have anything in my lungs at all. Yeah, and it's, I mean it's probably a pretty safe bet to do. Yeah, at least for, for the now. best, definitely. Um. But yeah, so also you talked about like the smoking and all that. Um, has that you've actually had a very interesting journey in terms of um, just like kind of your life path so far? Because you, you, let's call a spade a spade. You haven't had the typical, oh, like Definitely. you go to school, you go to college, then you get get your job or whatever. Can you tell people that don't know you, like not from Canton or whatever? Um, yeah. What what's your journey been like so far? Absolutely. So like, I think the best place to start is probably where I started in high school. Um, my freshman year, instead of going to the public high school, I decided to go to Blue Hills, uh, the vocational school in our town, which uh, vocational schools are like, you would pick uh, a certain kind of career path, and it would show it would kind of lead you down that and you would train in that field for four years, half, to, half of the time you're at school. Uh, and I was interested in becoming an engineer. So they had a really great engineering program there. And I was really interested in going there. So I attended there for six months about. And while I attended there, I didn't make a lot of friends because a lot of the people there smoked uh, weed. And I didn't. Bunch of deadbeats. I, I really had a <laughs> negative. I had a negative, very negative view on it at the time. And uh, I just... I just left the school at the end. I didn't even choose my uh, my what I want the career path that I wanted to in the school. I didn't even end up deciding. I just left before and went to Canton High School. And then in Canton High School, I started struggling a little bit. I was dealing with uh, some actual medical issues like my stomach issues. Uh, I had really bad stomach pains, and then I had really bad migraines and when they tried to give me medicine for the migraines it would worsen the stomach pains and if they gave me medicine for the stomach pains it would worsen the migraines and mm. it just basically they just kept putting me on different kinds of pills and it was make I was missing a lot of school because of this so sophomore junior year I was kind of struggling and then at the end of junior year I decided to kind of take myself off all those medications and start myself on some marijuana um, because I saw from a friend that her mom, she had MS and she had been doing a lot better with the marijuana. And so I did my own research on it and it showed that like it could actually help me too. And when I started using it, I started feeling a lot better, a lot like myself more. And so I finished out high school and I managed to graduate with every with my class, which they didn't think I was going to be able to do based on my grades and how I was standing in senior year. But um in the end, after high school, instead of going to a four-year college, I decided to go to a two-year community college, um, just commuting to college. And uh, when I was doing that, it uh, really kind of going to college, I didn't really enjoy it still. I, I, I never really enjoyed like learning in that environment in high school or in college, like in a classroom. So I decided to start doing online classes and I got a full-time job at a medical marijuana certification company where uh, it's a doctor's office where people come in and you can get certified for your medical marijuana and like for medical marijuana and uh, doing that definitely has has been a very different career path and definitely 
a lot different than the usual route that people go. Um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. No, that's a that's a great summary, I think. And you know, yeah, I, there's actually a lot of stuff I kind of forgot. I actually forgot you went to Blue Hills. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what what was? I guess like, could you compare the two schools a little bit and like the philosophies behind them? Yeah. So I mean, like, what's can, what's the big differences? I, so I mean, Blue Hills, like, they have a bunch of different programs, like culinary, um, engineering, uh, electric electricians, and like, so you can kind of go through and train and kind of get ahead in, in college. So you'll, so when you go to college for whatever you want to be, if you want to be an engineer and you're, you could train there and get ahead of everybody else that you'd be in college. But, and so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to like kind of get ahead, but at Blue Hills, I didn't really fit in with anybody because of how I was at the time, yeah. my view on things. And so when I ended up going back to Canton High, and Canton High is just more of a traditional high school, like you have your traditional classes, English, math, you kind of go through the whole system. Got to get the AP scores up so you get get your funding. So it was just definitely, it was definitely a different, that transition was different for me, especially like going from, especially where Blue Hills was a lot easier academic wise. Uh, than Canton High was the academics they didn't stress too much because you were they put a lot of stress on the career path that you were doing like they they wanted you to really focus on that and they didn't put a, a ton obviously it was important but it wasn't extremely important like at Canton High was yeah it was a lot hard it was a lot difficult it was a lot more difficult at Canton High and uh, that definitely was hard for me especially where I was missing a lot of school I think in the end they told me I missed 185 days of high school around there throughout the three and a half years I was at Canton High. So that is like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue you on that. That's Uh, a decent chunk that I missed there. Yeah. And what, and you might not even like know off the top of your head, but what was it that kind of turned you off from that? Like traditional sitting in a classroom, learning the basic information, stuff like that. Well, I, I just never felt like I really learned that way whenever on my own whenever I wanted to learn something if I it was me doing it that helped me like doing it over and over again like actually hands-on like trying something that's how I learned how to do things like when I like working as the at the medical marijuana uh, company they asked me to become a general manager when I was 18 and fly down to Florida but I and I had no idea how to do that. Obviously, at eighteen, I had been going to a community college, like not. I didn't <laughs> have you get, a ton. You're getting thrown into the real world, quote unquote. Ser- like really thrown into the real world. Yeah. Started having to do interviews and stuff like that, and it it was actually like a, a really really huge like learning learning like uh, experience for me because I was able to hands on like actually do interviews with people on my own and like see how. Like what, what I'm looking at when I'm reading resumes, like what kind of worker I want. And uh, it was really, really interesting for me. But it kind of showed me that like I'm never going to get a similar education but from reading in a book, you know? Like I, I really need the like hands-on, like talking to someone, like being with someone else, like seeing how someone else does it and then doing it with them. Like that's how I learn, I think, best. And so that's why I don't think I really enjoy the college experience or the high school experience but i'm still doing the online classes uh for college because it's you know it's important to get a degree if you want to get some some more money unfortunately yeah you know i'm i'm really just happy we're having this conversation because i'll tell you like i look around at the university and like 
there's some people here that are just here because they think it's the next step. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, like, I am kind of that traditional learner where it's like, I, I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of that stuff. But then Absolutely. also like this podcast, that's my hands on work too. Like the writing, yeah. that's my hands on work. And then I see some people where it really does bother me when I see someone in college that's just here because they feel like they have to be here, but like they don't even care about the learning. They really are just using it as the stepping stone. But my whole question is, and the big philosophical dilemma for me is, what about when you graduate? And, and as Billie Eilish says, when the party's over, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and so that bothers me that it's just ingrained into everybody. This is the right path. If you don't go to college, you're a fuck up and just stuff like that. That does bother me. I, I totally agree because I see people that are going and accumulating a lot of debt. A whole a lot. lot of debt. It ain't a cheap. huge financial stress on the rest of their life for something that they might not even want. And that's just like, that's disappointing. It's sad that it, that they feel like that push from everybody in like society. Like I felt that push when in, at the high school, they wanted me to go to a four-year college. Like they wanted me to apply to more than just, I only applied to uh, Quincy college when I was applying to colleges. I didn't apply to any other college. I knew that I wanted to go to a community college. I wanted to go to that college. And it was, it wasn't even a question for me of, I didn't want to spend the fee on applying to X, Y, and Z. It yeah. was just one college. I knew it where I wanted to go, one and done. And uh, I'm glad I did that. But they really pressured me. They wanted me to apply to at least a few four-year schools just so I had the option. But I, re I didn't want to do that. Mm. And But I, f I still felt that pressure. And that's an expensive pressure, you know? <laughs> it's Seriously. an expensive pressure. Seriously. And, and I always think about, they all tell you investment. And you know what? For me, it's a good investment for now. But I mean, that is, that's, that's a big investment. You're not just throwing it in is. a couple pennies here. Like potentially you could be tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And I'll just tell you a quick story from this summer. So I worked at an actual radio station, like corporate radio. And I got to see kind of what that lifestyle is like. And one of the things I noticed was, well, first of all, half the hosts it, it didn't even go to college it, and they still are on the radio and they're having successful careers doing that. So that was my first thing like, Hmm, okay, maybe this, maybe I don't need this piece of paper to be a good radio host, you know? Yeah. And I'm not, I never want to downgrade like the actual, like I do like the traditional reading books, stuff like that. But I just hate that you're not told these different ways. And then I got to see, also, what it's like working in a corporate setting, specifically for radio. And I'm not saying that's a bad path if, you're, if that's what you want to do. But I know myself, and that would be very hard for me to be limited into, first of all, FCC regulations, um, time constraints. You always got to go to commercial breaks. It's yeah. like, how are you supposed to develop a nice conversation and stuff like that when you're under all these constraints? And so that's been my thinking going forward is like right now, my whole dilemma is, am I paying all this money to use this nice radio studio? Like, I wish I could just sl like sleep in a little cottage and come here and use the studio instead of paying whatever 30 grand yeah. it is, you know, and 30 yeah. grand is the discount. This is the I state know. school, state school discount drives me crazy. I think, and I, I don't want to. 
I know there's a lot of people that really know what they want to do and, and know that like, oh, if I go to this school, like especially like lawyers, doctors, like that stuff's so important. Like yeah. but a lot of people that like have no idea and they're spending all this money at this really expensive school and they end up, you know, like, I don't know. I don't want to like yeah, no, make I, anybody I, well, feel bad about too. changing I don't wanna, their minds yeah. too. But like, it's like, it's just, it's tough like to see like my, like, I mean, I'm going to call out my older brother, for example. <laughs> like, he, he goes to Cal State Northridge w- across the country. It's a lot of money, and it's like he's cha- he changed his major. But, like, you know, he's he's a smart kid, and he knows where he's going. But, like, I feel like he could have done that for cheaper around, you know, closer to home yeah, where he didn't have to yeah. fly across the country for him. <laughs> but that's just me. No, it's, it's very interesting. And I had this conversation with a couple of my friends. I understand that. excuse me i'm in a little bit of a different spot because i've really found basically what i want to do going forward and so i'm not oblivious to the fact that some people are still figuring out they're trying to just do their own thing and but i'm like if you're figuring it out i don't know if figuring it out while undertaking crippling debt is the way to go about it and that's that's the way to say it. and this isn't fun talk you know this is like a like serious issue and i look around and it's rampant. And so that, you know what? I don't care if you think like me, but I care that you do start thinking about this stuff because no one else is just going to tell you the hard truth. And these are the harsh realities. Would you you agree? Listen, I'm, if there's anyone out there who's not sure, I'm begging you take a gap year, Mm. just take a break for a year. You know, everything's going to be there when you get back, but you don't have to pay and you can figure things out. It's like, take a gap year please like it's not it's not the end of the world to be a year behind your friends you know yeah it really isn't and, like and, it's, and that's crippling is people are like i can't i can't get behind i, I gotta i, I gotta know. stay on path and people think that like people think like being behind is like i'm right now i'm doing online classes i'm taking two classes a semester i'm gonna get my two-year degree probably in like three or four years but that's not a big deal to me because it's not an important thing to me. I just want to get it eventually. You know, it's not like something I need immediately for me because I know what I'm doing in work. I know I'm going forward in my career at my job. So that's not necessarily on like the front end for me. But for other people, like what it's so important to them to be like right on track with their friends, like get there at the same time. Like they want to be married at the same time. Like, yeah. They want, you know, like it's it, weird how that totally. happens as people grow up. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And and there's there's no need for that. You know, it's 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 very tempting to do and I fall into it too sometimes. I think that's human yeah. nature is to look around and be like, "Ooh, what's so and so up to right now? What are they doing?" But it, yeah. Everybody is on their different path and and people don't learn the same way and they don't go about their lives the same way. Absolutely. So how can you how can you be behind if you're not if you're not in the same kind of race, you know? You can't be behind someone that's like on a completely different path. Like, yeah, you know what? I'm glad you actually just mentioned race because uh, I just watched, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a documentary. It's called Race to Nowhere. And it's, I think it was created by some mom or something. And it told the stories of some kids like in their education journeys. And basically the thing it highlighted was you put all this pressure on these kids to get the grade, be better, to compete with your classmates. And then if you're a kid that you always got A's, you always were a high achiever, and then things stop going your way, 
you know, that can have a crippling effect on people because you've always just been striving for the grade. But in reality, let's call a spade a spade. What does the grade mean if you didn't learn anything? And, and so people will say, oh, take this class. You cannot show up to class and still get an A. It's like, okay. Like for my geology class, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck about it. Yeah, yeah. That's a class where I'm just trying to get the A and, and move on. But if everything you're doing is just for the grade, that's horseshit to me. I know. I totally agree. I think a big moment in my life was when I stopped really not caring about my grades, but I stopped like putting like a lot of value on like, okay, like if I fail one quiz, it's not the end of the world, you know, like yeah. it's not gonna, it's not gonna mean that I can't like graduate all of a sudden. Cause like when I was like in like fifth grade and I got like anything less than like a C, I would like be devastated. Yeah, oh my, I feel like I would like that cry was, if I got bad grades. I, dude, I, I think, no, actually fifth grade, I feel like I was never getting C's in fifth grade. Hopefully, that's like, <laughs> you were, that was you were still a star I, let's, student. Let's call like seventh grade. Seventh grade was like probably the first <laughs> time I had a C. I was kind of a star student in like elementary school and middle school. And then like, you know, shit happens. Yeah. It, 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 and and once you start thinking about this other stuff, like once you start thinking about your life outside of the bubble of like a school setting, it can be very, first of all, I don't know, in my experience, when I started thinking about not just like the design path, it's very concerning at first because you're like, oh my God, like I have been doing all this crap or not crap, but I've been doing all this stuff like to... My big hatred now, I've said it on the podcast a couple times, oh, it looks good on a resume. If it looks good on a resume and you don't care about it and you're not passionate about it, are, are you not setting yourself up to be an absolute phony where, wherever yeah, you go? You're just going to be a fraud. It's you're going to be a fraud. Absolutely fraud. Absolute frauds. I don't know. I don't like it because I, you know what? It's like, it's one thing. Like I, I, when I went down to Florida, I enjoyed that work. And it looks good on my resume. Like I yes. love that. And it looks great on my resume. Like that's something that like that's something that people should be looking for. Like people are so many people are doing things that they hate just because like it's gonna look good one day. But like they're gonna I don't know. You know what I always say though too, Pat, is that yeah. resumes, like job experience always looks better than school like experience, I think, mm. like personally. I think like it really, truly, after you get your first job out of college, after that, they're not looking at where you went to college. They're looking at where you've worked, you know, like after your first job and when once you start going like that. Yeah. And, and that's important, too, to mention, because uh, things like like GP. Let's talk about GPA in, in college a little bit, just because yeah. I've started to listen to a lot of the grad students talk because they have to teach classes um, in the in the at UMass at least. And they're like, oh, the GPA really only matters if you're trying to go into like law school, medical school, the things you were saying, like. Absolutely. Like professions where you really do have to, you, you gotta get Buckle down and know the shit. Yeah, you really gotta know your shit. But, but if you're just, I'll say average for lack of a better word, like the average person, the GPA is like, it's one thing and, and like if you go into an interview and you got a super high gpa but you can't communicate you can't sell your own skills you can't just be a human being and get, get that experience connecting with someone what does the gpa mean plus 
you got to keep in mind, even if you're the highest achiever at your school, there's thousands of schools across the country and everyone's going for the same job. What makes you any different aside from your piece of paper degree? I can touch on that a little bit because I had to go through 200 resumes when I was hiring for a medical assistant in Florida. And I, I kid you not, I was really focused on like the, how well organized the people's resumes were, how it was, how it was oriented. The, and I, when they like, I, there was one person that had a really great school. I forget what the school was, but it was a good school, but the resume was just a mess. Mm. It was an absolute mess. Like, at, like I, it was hard to read. Like and the experience was very confusing to me, like what year she was doing it. And like, it was, I don't know, but I just declined the resume, even though it was a great school. And it was just like, it's just something that was like instant for me. I didn't even care because it was just so disorganized. There were so many resumes I was going through. I only really paid attention to the ones that I could read very thoroughly, easily, like, and I didn't have to like try and like guess as to where they were for five years. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, where were they for five years in this span? Like, were they in jail? I don't know. Decline? Like, you know, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, and and I I got really lucky in the sense that did you ever hear about the class career planning at, at Canton High? Oh yeah, I took that w with Mr. Miko. I got really yep. lucky getting in that class because that was the first time I really started to kind of think about a plan. And and I hate when adults give you advice like, "Oh, you'll you'll figure it out. Like it's going to be fine." Listen, that's good broad life advice. Like you're going to be yeah. fine. It's okay. But in terms of figuring out your future, if you live on hope alone, don't go holding your breath. Th that's, I agree. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my mindset, at least with it, because like uh. you can't just go fingers crossed, blind faith going forward. It's like, you got to have that combination of everything's going to be fine, but let's be a I realist make a here. Plan. Yeah. yeah. Let's like, make, let's make a little bit a of a plan. plan. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't, yeah, no, I, cause you know, I know people that are definitely going to try and go through life. Like, Oh, I'm going to be okay. Like the universe has a plan for me. Oh yeah. The universe like, has a plan. I I'm bet it sure does. the universe has a plan for you, but like you also should have a plan. For the universe. <laughs> like, cause you need to like, you need to figure your own stuff out. It's not just going to come to you all the time. Yeah, and I'm really fascinated by, like, getting – I've also been lucky because I've gotten these jobs where, like, I get to see what my industry is like. So I, I see what me, like, just going on a typical path would lead to. And I will – like, I'm just, like, turned off by that. Like, I want to have more creative freedom. And that's – I would say I'm probably not a typical college student in the sense that like, I really am trying to, I'm trying to get to the point where this can be my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even with stuff, like, I still have a good time. Last night I was telling you, I, <laughs> I went to a house party and then my phone died and I literally had to like <laughs> walk into insomniac cookies and be like, help me get back to campus. I'm, <laughs> I'm so lost. Like, I still have a good time, but Monday through Friday, it's like, up in the morning and then working all day until yeah. literally until I go to bed. And, and, yeah. and that's, and that's something that can leave you, I won't say isolated, but you're not doing what everyone else is doing. Like you can't get invested in conversations about things that you basically deem as nonsense. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. 
no nonsensical conversations. Yeah, and so I even like, um, it was funny. Like on my my Twitter account, right? So my header used to be it was a little scene from Trailer Park Boys. You ever seen that show? Yeah, I love that show. And you ever know the episode where Ray is just like, way she goes, boys, way she goes. And it's, <laughs> it's just kind of like a, oh, f- like a fucking attitude. Yeah. I changed it because my whole like philosophical changes. And now it's Palabelle's a no nonsense man. And that, <laughs> I think, I think that's the best way to describe myself right now is like, no, it's Zero not nonsense. It's like, I'm putting in all this work. I'm not going to act like I'm dumber than I am to make you feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. Because I'm, I'm a thinker. I think a lot. I overthink, probably. Oh, I, yeah. That's a, um, that's a curse and a blessing, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right, let me think what I want. So, so you, listen, you don't, if you're not comfortable, you don't have to go into it. But you, did you ever have any like, battles with mental health or stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. So, when and how did was, that affect like school and, and personal life, stuff like that? So when I was uh, around 16, around the time I had the stomach problems and the uh, migraines, I was dealing with depression and anxiety. Uh, it was, uh, I forget what it was called. I think it was clinical depression and uh, generalized anxiety disorder. But it basically just like, my parents had divorced uh, a few a, a year before, and then they had split up the houses, and it was just kind of hard on me going through everything. And uh, I was they had me on uh, a antidepressant called sertraline, and uh, that kind of made me feel like a different person, like I wasn't the same person. And this was before I had tried marijuana or anything like that. And uh, when I so when I was on that, I kind of missed, that's when I started missing like really big chunks of school. And they, that's when they started putting me on different kind of medicines to try and help with the stomach issues and the uh, head issues. And it just didn't really help anything. And I was, I mean, I was 16 and I had a Monday through Sunday pill counter, like an old man, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was bullshit. Like I, it wasn't something that a 16 year old should have had to like be doing. So I was doing that until I was, Set 18 actually that's when I kind of took myself once I turned 18 I decided to stop going to like all the specialists because that was my choice at that point because yeah. my parents wanted me to keep going but once I turned 18 but I had started self-medicating when I was at the end of my like 16 like I guess the beginning of like junior year at the end of sophomore year was the first time I tried weed and like the beginning of junior year was like when I really started like smoking like pretty much every day to like help help me and uh that was all just like weed from like the street and it like didn't really like it helped definitely but it was just like you never knew what like you were buying like yeah. if it was an indica or a sativa like if it was a hybrid like it never was like consistent you know yeah it's some like, some, some made up funky name yes it was like oh it's og double kush skunk <laughs> like oh thanks oh like, gee yeah you don't gee thanks you don't know shit like <laughs> and uh but like so i was just like smoking stuff like that and then when finally when i turned 18 and I kind of stopped going to the specialist and just started smoking. I got my, uh, I started working at the medical marijuana place and I got my actual medical marijuana card and started going to the dispensary. And like, after I started going to the dispensary, like I, my complete, complete total change of like how I felt like, cause I actually had like control over my day. Like 
what I smoked and I knew exactly like what was going to help me. And I started like actually like having a plan on like what I should do for the day. And so like since the lung collapsed, like it's been pretty rough for me because I've had to like stop smoking at all. Yeah. Like at every and anything at all. So I'm I'm trying to work out my dosage with the tinctures, which are like oils and edibles, which it's tough because it's it's just a lot more money and it's just annoying. It's a Mm. pain in the ass, honestly. It's interesting to hear like how you've used it and how it's been helpful for you because I'd say I kind of had a little bit of a different experience with that because, I mean, I started smoking later. I think probably like junior or senior year of high school was like the first time I ever did. Um, and, at, and like everything, at first, it's great. It's the best thing yeah. ever. Um, like, oh, my God, this is what this is what they tell you. Don't do this. You'll you're, you'll go to hell. All right. All right. People that are drinking 42 Bud Lights. You Seriously. Don't, you you don't have to be yeah putting your like whatever, like putting your scoff on it. But anyways, I found with myself that I was at a very like happy kind of place when I started. And then, you know, like I I wrote about it the other day, like I've had my own challenges and struggles. And for me, when I started using, when I was like using weed and stuff, when I was going through dark times, I guess it wasn't good for me because, but the reason why was I wasn't using it as medication. I was using it as running from issues. Yeah, you know? an escape. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so that's like my relationship with weed has definitely changed in that respect. Where like I'll smoke a little bit here and there at the end of a day, like, but it's a celebration. It's not a yeah. It's not a okay. I feel bad. Let me go smoke. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean because it's that's what it should be. It should be something like oh, like kind of like a reward, for, like like, a, like you know. people having a couple of drinks on a yeah on a Friday like, night. You know, you had a long day. You had a long day at work. You're like, oh, I'm exhausted. I want to go home, relax, like have a joint. You know, like that's I like I'm all about that. I'm I'm a huge proponent for that. Way over having a beer when you get home from work. You know what I mean? Like that's I would. I wish I could have a joint when I got home from work. R.I.P. <laughs> Yeah, and, and disclaimer, I'm not telling you to to smoke weed, to do all no, that. No, yeah, you can make your you no. can make your own choice. Make your own but, decisions, but don't but just you, listen to your high school health class. Where, that's what I was just gonna say. Where, where their advice research. is, don't ever do drugs, or you'll go to hell. Um, I agree. And you, you know what? I actually want to bring that up a little bit because that really was the extent of my like drug education was just me too. Was don't do it. And th- hey, hey stop it that's the that's the advice you get you don't really no kids talk about it no one tells about their experience it's don't ever do this it's terrible then what do you think happens when kids try it for the first time and they're usually this is the whole thing with we being a gateway drug is people try and they're like well this wasn't really that bad so so why is this other stuff bad yeah so but in reality wildly different bullshit i know it's it's that, I've never it's done irresponsible, honestly. It's irresponsible for them to be telling them that it's as like a gateway drug like that because it that's what exactly what you're saying. It's what people think. Oh, if they think this is a Schedule One drug and as bad as methamphetamine, you know, like yeah, it's ludicrous. That's ridiculous. Like absolutely ridiculous. And that's what like some uneducated people might think. Oh, like, well, then maybe meth's not that bad, and let's try it out. Like, it's just it's irresponsible, honestly. U.S. government, check yourself. Yeah, it's just I, I never like that that mindset of like, or I guess you know what this actually kind of ties into the vape ban that just happened with uh, is, is 
I don't know the whole semantics, but is it all of Massachusetts? It's like a- four months for all of Massachusetts, all uh, nicotine vapes and THC vapes at the dispensary is all gone. No more. So my, my thought on that is, you know, it's like and in, in I look, I always like to look at history. Like, let's look at prohibition when they just said, all right, no more alcohol. Does that mean people are just going to stop drinking? Poof. Absolutely and not. It, it, people are going to find a way. So, what? yeah, what's, what was your thoughts on all that ban? The second I heard about the ban, I was worried because the dispensaries are the only car- THC cartridges that I feel are safe. Yeah. So, when they ban it from the dispensaries, people are going to turn to the black market cartridges that have been proven to be like giving people illnesses I think there was 800 cases in the U.S. now and like 12 deaths or something. Mm. But most of it from the THC related with the vitamin E acetate. And you don't know what's God in knows what's in black there. market cartridges. So people like it's just not safe. It's it's irresponsible for them to be banning it from the um, it, from the uh, dispensaries. But I'm all about the ban on the nicotine vapes, but only because. I'm kind of conflicted because I do think it is kind of helpful for smokers to get off because smoking a pack a day compared to smoking to compared to vaping. I, I honestly don't know if it's better or not, but I think people should have that option. Like actual smokers should have that option. But I think it vaping is definitely, is definitely a problem with kids in, in high school and young kids becoming addicted to nicotine. It's, it's, absolutely a massive massive issue and it it i mean i was 16 when i started and i hadn't had a cigarette in my entire life i still haven't had a cigarette in my entire life i only had i only vaped it was just it just doesn't yeah, make sense it, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because my whole thing with jewel is you can say your product's intended for one thing but that has no effect on the reality of the way your product's being used. So I know. So I feel this bad. This is what's happening. This is the reality. Kids are using it and they're getting it so easily. Yeah, I, f- I feel bad for the people that really were using it to like try to wean off cigarettes. But I can only talk about my own experience. And I just saw what I don't know. I don't even put a number on it. Like 70% of like of a high school using it or something like that. Every single time you went into the bathroom, there was five or six kids just in there hitting one. You know what I mean? Like it was just every time. And we were what? Like 17, 16. Like no one was, no one was of age. Absolutely. Like, and I ended up, I was, it's funny. It's like everything. I was like, Oh my God, that's so stupid. I would never do that. That's dumb. I ended up getting one just because yeah. everyone around me is having one. I'm like, all right, I got to get in on the action. I have quit because I'm like, it's just not worth it. But it's kind of a struggle to get off it once you've been it using it constantly. It is. Nicotine is as addictive as cocaine. That is a fact. It is. It's. It's a sad, like, serious fact. It's like, and, and like it's nic- not. And it's not even real for me. It wasn't about the nicotine. It was. I don't know any of the other stuff that's in there. I don't know these chemicals with like SE at the end or like any of that. I'm like, and the thing that bothers me is, or something I've been noticing on campus is there's a debate between people that use like the dab pen and people that use the jewel and they're like, which one's worse? It's the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. Anything that's going into your lungs probably ain't great for you, chief. Is that, is that a hot take? No, that I totally agree because it's like, it's calling, I don't know. It's like 
a rock arguing with a hard place. Like, what what are you getting done? Like, there's nothing being, nothing's being achieved with that argument. Like, you're both you're both killing your lungs. And, like, it, and it gets away from the actual issue in the fact of is this safe or not. It's just it, it's not the wrong safe argument period. to have. I don't know. It's it's sad because I I think that the dispensary cartridges, while obviously nothing going into your lungs is absolutely safe, but I think those dispensary cartridges are a lot, a lot safer yeah. than what is coming off the streets. So, I mean, in that sense, I would say that the THC cartridges are safer, but the what they're arguing for are definitely not THC cartridges coming from the dispensary. No, it's it's like. Who knows? Could be fucking maple syrup in there. <laughs> maple syrup, honey, like, ugh. No, it's it's scary to think about, but that's the reality of where it's at right now. And that's why I'm happy we're having this conversation is let's stop acting like it's not out there, you know? I know. It's like... I'm telling you, people, I'm telling you, if you're paying $20 for a cartridge that says it's 90%, it's not. It's You're going to poison yourself. Don't. Like, it's just not smart because that percentage is just fiscally, it wouldn't make sense for someone to sell you that for that amount. <laughs> it's, just, a, it's just basic logic. Like, basic not, logic <laughs> would not make sense. I'm sorry. Like, you're not getting a good deal because you're cute. Like, it's not <laughs> happening. Like, you're smoking poison. Please stop. Enjoy your, your Aunt Jemima maple syrup in a cart. Seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Uh,. So yeah, I'm I'm trying to think if I got anything else I really wanted to hit on here. Um, what about you? You got any questions or? Uh, I don't. I, I mean, I think we kind of. I think had we a, hit on a lot of good we, stuff yeah, here. I think we smacked a lot of good topics. We we hit on a lot of controversial issues. I think. I know. I I, I outed myself as a weed guy. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be welcomed back into my family. I might be disowned. Brutal. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry that I had to be here for that. Yeah, yeah. Way to way to lead me into that. Thanks a lot. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's uh, it's good for you, honestly. My parents, when my parents found out, I felt a lot better about it. It was just a lot easier for me. Yeah, it's good, and that's something I noticed even like writing that piece the other day about the mental health. It's like when you start talking about it and you take the shame out of it, you're just in a better mood. You're in a better state, and you don't absolutely. have to worry. And once it's out there, you don't have to worry. You know? No. Absolutely. And hopefully I'm working for myself, so I will be my future employer. If not, yeah. I guess I'm screwed. Sorry. No, you won't be <laughs> screwed because the way things are going in this country, it looks like weed's going to become legal eventually. So knock on wood, you know? Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on. This was great. Pat, honestly, thank you for having me. I had a uh, fantastic time, really. All right, cool. Hopefully we have you back on in the future. We'd be down. Yeah, I would definitely love to. All right, man. Keep on keeping on. Rest up that lung. All right. I will do, man. All right. I'll see you, David. All right. Take it easy.